Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Hey everyone, Olivia Allen Price here. It's a cold but sunny Thursday afternoon and Bay Curious producer Katrina Schwartz. Hello, that's me. And I are knocking around the Presidio. That's the roughly two-square-mile park at the northwest tip of San Francisco. So far, we've seen the little Yoda statue surrounded by the fountain. What do you think of Yoda? It looks a lot like Yoda. I wish I could rub his belly, but he's too high up there. And the dramatic cliffside vistas overlooking the Golden Gate Bridge. Ah. Wow. We got it all. We got the Golden Gate Bridge. We have the Marin Headlands. We have Point Bonita Lighthouse. Beautiful. Now we just kind of walked over from those bluffs over Lincoln Avenue and we're surrounded by dozens of old military buildings. Beige exteriors, pretty large buildings, red roofs, and we're standing in the middle of a big field. And what's odd is there's very few people around. It's a little bit eerie. Compared to where we were earlier, where all the buildings had been kind of fixed up, they were being used as businesses, these are empty. This is the heart of Fort Scott, what was once part of the largest army post on the Pacific coast. Over the years, listeners have sent in a handful of questions about this place. Today, we're answering a few of those questions. Like, what exactly is Fort Scott? What was life like here for soldiers? And why do these buildings remain closed up when so many others in the Presidio have been put to a modern use? That's all just ahead on Bay Curious. Stick around. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980, because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment, and if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. The Fort Scott Parade Grounds are an often overlooked piece of the Presidio, despite being steps away from the Golden Gate Bridge. KQED's Bianca Taylor takes us there to answer some of your questions. One of the first things to know about Fort Scott is that its official name is Fort Winfield Scott. Winfield Scott was one of the most prominent U.S. Army officers of the 19th century, and uh, he was a person that the Army named many, many things after all over the country. Uh, including this place. That's Rob Thompson. 
I'm the Federal Preservation Officer for the Presidio Trust. The Presidio Trust is an independent federal agency which manages the majority of the buildings in the Presidio, including Fort Scott. Rob is giving me a tour, starting with the large grassy lawn that's shaped like a horseshoe, called the Parade Ground. We're surrounded by 10 enlisted men's barracks buildings, most of which are vacant right now. There's also a spectacular view of the Golden Gate Bridge, which nobody knew was going to be there when all of these buildings were built. There are about 100 buildings that make up Fort Scott, including a gym, officers' clubs, and even a notorious jail. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Today, the site is mostly vacant, its buildings boarded up against the elements. But more than a century ago, Fort Scott was busy as the headquarters for the Army's coastal defenses in the Bay Area. The military history of the Presidio dates back to the Spanish colonization of Ohlone land in the 1700s. With its isolated cliffs and expansive views of the bay, this part of San Francisco was a strategic location for protecting California against attackers from the west. After the U.S. gained control of it in 1848, the Presidio became the largest army post on the Pacific coast. Fort Scott was built several decades later in 1912. As many as 1,200 enlisted men lived and worked here. Their main duty was operating the 17 artillery batteries that lined the coast, basically giant cannons that shot bombs into the sea to protect the coast from attacking ships. You may have even seen the remnants of these batteries on a hike. There are these mysterious concrete structures that are out on the coastline uh, that pepper our beaches and the surrounding bay. Those were state-of-the-art defensive installations that were constructed beginning in the 1890s. Manning these batteries was a tough job. They had to be looked after around the clock, which meant men were marching three miles round trip to camp out on some of the coldest, windiest, and most exposed parts of the coast. The soldiers who had to be out there all the time, and this is pretty well documented, didn't have a great day-to-day life. Practice fire was conducted a few times a year, weather depending. Anyone who's tried to plan a beach day on the coast can relate to this article in the San Francisco Examiner from September 30th, 1915. Foggy weather yesterday once more interfered with the artillery target practice at Fort Winfield Scott. And the mortar and five-inch gun practice was put over until 10 o'clock this morning. It didn't take many years, though, for advancements in warfare to render the coastal batteries at Fort Scott obsolete. By World War II, the advent of air power meant the real threat to San Francisco was coming from airplanes, not ships. In 1950, the Army terminated its Coast Artillery Division, and the attention of Fort Scott turned to map-making, surveying, and anti-aircraft defenses. There is a Nike missile site here in the Presidio, along with perhaps a better-known one over in the Marin Headlands. And that was really the focus of defensive activity here, rather than coast artillery batteries any longer. Nike missiles, which look like high-tech cousins of the coastal artillery batteries, were designed to shoot planes out of the sky. And they dominated the military landscape during the Cold War. If you wanted to get a snapshot of what daily life looked like at Fort Scott, you don't need to look any further than the attic of Building 1216. Oh my goodness. 
This is an area that we currently keep off limits even to the staff who work in this building uh, because we're trying to preserve the murals that are painted on the walls here. Wow. In this attic-turned-classroom space, the long white walls are covered in painted murals that wrap around the room. The paintings depict everything from soldiers playing baseball on the parade field to a gas mask training for chemical warfare. The story goes that uh, a couple of the soldiers who had been uh, drafted during the 1950s weren't so happy about having wound up in army life, uh, but they did have a background in fine arts, and so their commanding officer invited them to spruce up the classroom with the murals that you now see around us. The main artist was a man named Perrin Gerber, who was a specialist third class at Fort Scott. He painted the murals in 1956 and 57. Rob says Gerber's family has come to see the murals for themselves and pointed out personal touches. This image that's painted on the inside of a locker on one of the murals is supposedly his girlfriend and future wife. But Building 1216 isn't the only structure at Fort Scott with a story to tell. Is this the jail? This stockade. Is the Fort Scott stockade, also known as a jail, building 1213. It was built in 1912. This was the site of the famous Presidio Mutiny. In 1968, the United States was locked in the midst of the Vietnam War. Protests were happening all over the country. Because I am sick of the racist war in Vietnam when we don't have justice in the United States. American soldiers were also protesting, including in the Presidio. The Fort Scott stockade was overcrowded with military personnel who had voiced anti-war sentiments. And as conditions inside the jail got worse, tensions between guards and soldiers escalated. The situation came to an explosive head on October 11, 1968, when military police at Fort Scott killed a 19-year-old prisoner named Richard Bunch. In the 2005 documentary, Sir No Sir, Director David Zeiger interviewed some of the men who were there that day. But the guard shot him and killed him, you know, point blank. And his only crime was uh, not wanting to be there and um, going AWOL. So we reacted uh, viscerally and uh, with anger and disgust and outrage. We tore that jail apart. Uh, we ripped the wires out of the walls, ripped the squawk box off the wall. After their initial anger, the soldiers got organized and decided to take a stand. We came to a decision that the best thing we could do was to have some kind of a demonstration. And it was at the roll call formation we had a signal, and that was when we were supposed to break ranks, and we did, and then we walked over here and sat down. 27 prisoners staged a sit-in protest at the stockade. They sang, we shall overcome, and read a list of demands. At a certain point, Commandant came out and read us uh, the, the Mutiny Act. We just kept singing louder and you know, kind of linked arms and sing and sing. The 27 protesters were all charged with mutiny, a crime punishable by death. We were scared, man. I'll tell you, we were really scared. Their actions drew support from around the nation, and the mutiny charges were eventually dropped. They were finally listening to us, man. That's the first time I can ever remember anybody listening to us while I was in the military. The impact of their protest went beyond the gates of Fort Scott. 
And it sparked a movement of protest within the U.S. military against the Vietnam War, which was a really important moment in that chapter of our history. You can still see ghosts of the Presidio mutiny today. If you look hard at the wall of one of the solitary confinement cells, you can read the words, Bunch was murdered, etched into the wall. Congress voted to end military operations at Fort Scott and the entire Presidio in 1988. Six years later, the region became a part of the National Park Service, which, along with the Presidio Trust, still manages the site today. For nearly a century, Fort Scott had a perfect record of keeping San Francisco safe from attacks from the sky and the sea, because there were none. And so a lot of people will debate, well, was there no attack because it was so well defended, or were they never needed because we were never attacked? And that's up for, you know, historians to debate. Standing on the Fort Scott Parade grounds now, it's so peaceful, with chirping birds and the Golden Gate Bridge peeking out between the rooftops, that its tumultuous military past feels like a very long time ago. But as Rob points out, the military is largely responsible for a lot of what the Bay Area looks like now. When army bases close, they've, in the Bay Area, traditionally been handed over to public open space uh, agencies. So if it weren't for the military, we wouldn't really have the same outdoor access and traditions that we have in the Bay Area. Other state parks that used to belong to the military include Estuary Park in Alameda and Fort Ord Dune State Park in Monterey. As for plans to restore Fort Scott's buildings for public use, that's a long way off. Right now, the empty buildings have been what Rob describes as mothballed. So we've invested a certain amount of money to make sure that the roofs are secure, that we've painted them, that the windows are watertight, and that they're sitting here in a state that uh, is somewhat arrested deterioration. The Presidio Trust held a competition in 2018, inviting organizations to submit their ideas of how to revitalize Fort Scott. WeWork and OpenAI submitted a joint proposal but the trust rejected it. They said the companies didn't share their humanitarian vision for the abandoned 30 acres, and the competition didn't go anywhere. Rob says even though the trust has been focusing on other priorities in the 1,500-acre Presidio... We haven't turned our backs on Fort Scott by any means. We're still taking good care of it, making sure it's in good working order, so that when we do have the resources and we have... Um, taking care of some other priorities, namely our infrastructure. We can come back here and rehab these buildings. There are two residential neighborhoods in Fort Scott where people are currently living. These 1,500 residential units are former apartments and homes of Army officers that were stationed here. This opens up the question of converting some of the other buildings into housing in the future. You know, it's possible that some of these barracks buildings could be converted into residential, but we haven't gotten to that part in the planning yet. It may be some time before you can wander around the inside of Fort Scott, but it's still a lovely place to visit. Maybe have a picnic or just walk through a little piece of Bay Area history. That was KQED's Bianca Taylor. If you love Bay Curious, one small step you can take is to subscribe or follow the show in your podcast listening app. It's free, and it's the best way to make sure that you don't miss an episode. Thanks. 
Stay Curious is made in San Francisco at member-supported KQED. Our show is produced by Katrina Schwartz, Christopher Beale, and me, Olivia Allen-Price. Additional support from Jen Chien, Katie Springer, Cesar Saldana, Maha Sanad, Holly Kernan, and the whole KQED family. I hope you have a great week. Till next time. Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play May's trivia game? Every month, we read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a cool prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, the world's longest-running pillow-fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hey there, it's Olivia Allen Price, host of Bay Curious, the podcast. KQED Podcasts wants to thank listeners like you, whose support makes this podcast possible. If you want to help us continue to make great content, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. And thanks.